So I've had a few metaphors that have appeared to me over the last few weeks that uh, have reminded me of the Dharma and our practice, our practice of, uh, of uh, holding the very particular along with the whole works. And I think I'll even say a little more about uh, uh, the discussion that Jean started last week on peripheral vision. Uh, that, that fits in there too. And I, th I thought that was a great, a great metaphor. A great metaphor. Um, uh, one thing that, that I, that came to me was uh, I, I'm on my way home from the Zendo on my bicycle. There is this uh, uh, steep incline that I have to go up. And I noticed that uh, if I just coast up to that incline, and then when I slow down, put my gear in, I don't even know whether it's called high gear or low gear, but I have to change the gears to be able to get up. If I wait then, I get stuck. Um, I, I slow down too quickly and uh, the gears don't engage and uh, I frequently have to stop and just push myself up that incline. Whereas if I, if I shift the gears while I'm coasting up, you know, it's funny, the, I just pedal and the gears go down and I'm going too fast so that I don't feel like I'm, like I'm moving anything. But then as soon as I hit that incline and the bike slows down, I'm already engaged. Um, and, so, and so I can then just keep um, pumping up that hill. It's a short hill, um, but... Uh, but uh, I have to do something before I meet that hill or I'll stop. And it just reminded me that of, of our uh, practice, uh, you know, right effort. Um, even though I'm pedaling and it doesn't feel like I'm doing anything, I've already engaged in what I, in my life. And then I can keep going. If I uh, if I coast, if I take the easy way out, I'm going to come to a stop, which which is a, which is sort of our um, a metaphor I thought for samsara, birth and death. I just die again, and I have to do it again tomorrow. Uh, and uh, whereas uh, I I just like that metaphor of of that our practice is about staying engaged with what's actually happening. There's a hill up there, so I have to engage my life to be able to go up that hill. Um, if I slack off until I get to the hill, um, I, which is sort of my habit, habit energy, to take it easy, um, then, then it, then it, it's, I'm going to stop. 
So, um, so that was one metaphor that I get to think about every morning that I ride my bicycle here in the morning. Um, maybe I'll get into some uh, talk about that uh, the peripheral vision again. Um, uh, I never thought about it that way, Gene. So it was a great, uh, it was a great eye opener um, that uh, that when you're, that, you know, when we come here, we do a few particular things. We uh, bow when we come into the room. We bow to our seat. We bow away. We sit down and we find this this uh, posture. So we certainly do some, some uh, worthwhile, wholesome activities to uh, get in this posture of meditation. So that's sort of the particular end of things. And maybe you said those exact uh, examples. And then, and then as Jean said, it's, it's our, when we settle down, uh, we have to expand our view, even though even though we're only a foot or so away from the the wall, <clears throat> we really we really can tell if if we've got a more expanded view when somebody comes and sits next to us, and uh, we can engage right away with that bow. So uh, so uh, there's some effort as. Uh, as I said about the bicycling, it's it's right effort, it's complete effort, um, it's the effort of wholeness to expand our view. But uh, but then that's the that's the um, uh, the frame of mind. That's the uh, practice that we have. That's our practice for the rest of our sitting to have that expanded view. Um, sometimes thoughts will arise and we'll, we'll get caught up in, in an activity that we have to be on time for later in the day. And, and, and then that's our more contracted view. Um, and, uh, but then all we have to do is sort of see that and and it, it takes it takes no effort at all to just expand our view once again and sit with all of our neighbors in the room, sit with all beings, um, be totally um, engaged with uh, the garbage men on the the garbage people on the street, the school teachers coming in early with their cars. Uh, the dawn, uh, getting up at the end of the period to light the candles, uh, and that—that's that. Then is the whole works, and that's the whole self. That's that's what um, Suzuki called our, our big self, engaging with the with the whole works, and um, and that's that's our. Uh, that's our practice while we're sitting here in the Zendo. 
how we engage with, with the whole works. We're, um, uh, there's a lot of people in the sewing class. It's nice to see that so, so lively. Um, and uh, sewing for me has that, uh, uh, the, that same aspect of, of holding both the particular and, um, and wholeness. Uh, at the beginning, when we start our sewing project, there's very detailed measuring and cutting. And of course, learning, learning the basic stitch takes several weeks, watching the needle go in, watching the needle go out, um, trying to keep the stitches even. It's very, it's very particular work. And then uh, once all the pieces are cut out and measured, once we've got our, our stitch down, uh, then there's just settling in to sitting or uh, to sewing. Um, and it, it, it then, you know, changes between, you know, sometimes we do have to do very particular work and other times, we're on what I call these long highways of hem sewing, you know, where we just can settle in just like, um, just like our meditation. We can just settle in and uh, do that sewing meditation. The namu kie putsu, namu kie putsu. Um, the first, the, my priest robe, my black robe that I sewed um, uh, kind of in 98, 99, the year in the last century, I like to say. <laughs> uh, uh, the image of that robe, I, I was working then and mainly did my sewing after work in my house and, you know, it was dark in the evening. And my lighting was more mood lighting in, in my house than, than sewing lighting. But, but Ellen Richter lent me a sewing lamp and I sat at my dining room table with a sewing lamp. So I felt like a Barnaby the Scrivener, uh, kind of uh, underneath that, that one bright lamp. And, and it was kind of beginner's mind doing the stitches, putting the, the, all, the, all the pieces together for the first time. Um, I was really very curious about the whole project. I was so excited when I really kind of uh, understood the pinning because that really led me to uh, independence. I could move from one project to the other because I knew how to pin the pieces together. And then in between those kind of particular um, uh, pinning projects was uh, underneath that uh, sewing lamp, the long hems, you know, the hems that go from, you know, the, the your shoulder down to your below your knees, you're sewing, you're sewing all those pieces together that are that are that long. So, so there's that image that I have of that uh, robe of um, of beginner's mind, and then the image of the the relatively dark room around me, and the the, the the beam of light in the middle. 
This robe, uh, you know, I'd had a little experience by then. And, um, and, uh, and the, the whole memory of sewing this robe about, um, about 13 years ago um, was, is of, you know, uh, cruising along that long highway of sewing. In fact, I, I did, I did, I put lots of it together uh, in three days uh, in the summer at Tassajara. I, I went there for a long weekend with a friend and had no other responsibilities, but, um, but uh, hanging out there and, and uh, the meals and that, that I think, and uh, I, I, I sort of, I certainly sat with the community, but uh, the whole day, uh, our, our cabin overlooked uh, was along the creek there and they, the, the patio overlooked the creek. So there was no distractions other than the birds and bees around the creek. And uh, I could just pin all these highways together and, and do that long sewing. So there's just this kind of body memory of this robe as, as uh, these, uh, these sort of uh, uh, long highways, leisurely highways of namu kie butsu, namu kie butsu, um, with uh, just uh, uh, engaged with the birds, the turtles in the creek, the sound of the creek, the bells that go on from the courtyard and from the zendo, letting me know what's coming up next in the community. And, uh, uh, but, but just to stick with my metaphors, this, the, the, the sewing projects that um, many of us do here are also that great balance between the particular, um, my mind, my learning, um, and the whole works um, of just settling in and engaging with uh, wholeness around me that includes the sewing in my lap and the chant that, uh, that I'm doing as I, as I sew. Um, uh, just to stick with this, this sewing theme, of course, um, of course, uh, each morning after sitting, we all, we all chant the robe chant. And, uh, um, It starts out, um, great robe of liberation, field far beyond form and emptiness is the, is the translation that we use. Um, Shohaku Okamura wrote this book, Living by Vow, where he, he does discussions of many of the chants that we do in our, in our daily services. And, um, he wanted to point out that um, uh, that that line about uh, 
field far beyond form and emptiness. Um, that field is actually actually the rice fields. Um, and uh, Jean, Jean went over this, the pattern of these robes um, with the, the new sewing students at the last sewing class, um, where uh, all of these uh, rows uh, represent uh, rows of rice uh, uh, in, the, in the rice fields. Uh, that was Buddha's ins inspiration for, uh, for this particular pattern, pattern of robes. But um, this um, uh, field far beyond form and emptiness, Muso Fukudene is how we chanted in the, uh, in the beginning before we translated it. That Fukudene means a uh, happy field. Um, when we, we were studying this book in our Monday class and one of the people in the class says, you know, it just makes me feel good just to know that, that we're saying, uh, you know, this empty, happy field when, we, when, we're, chanting, when we're chanting this. Fukudene, um, uh, happy rice field. And that um, he, he talks a little bit about emptiness here. I, I, I always sort of, I mean, this is sort of breaking all the Zen rules, wanting to land on a, a good definition of emptiness. Uh, uh, but I, I, I always like it when I hear something that I can ponder. Um, this muso, um, which is translated as emptiness, can also mean no form field far beyond form and emptiness, muso fukudene. And he says, um, emptiness means moving and changing moment by moment. And that's not a bad definition of emptiness. Um, those rice fields, uh, you know, they're, the pattern changes as the wind blows. You know, the colors change as the wind blows. The, the patterns of the, the rows change as the seasons change. You know, when it's all flooded, we don't see any rows. When the waters recede and the, the, the shoots of rice are all planted neatly in rows, then we start seeing very fine rows. So this, this emptiness uh, is um, changing and moving. Uh, not a bad definition. And, and uh, this, um, you know, uh, we can think of it the same way with our peripheral vision practice. You know, when we, when we um, follow the rules, and we're bowing in a certain way to and from, and we curl up in this position. Um, that's the particular side. When we then open up to the wholeness, we're opening up to the movement out in the street, the movement up at the dough on table, the movement as the, um, uh, 
as the person comes in and bows next to you, the, the changing um, population in the room over the first uh, five, over the five minutes before the period starts. So that's what we settle into um, when we expand our vision into, into peripheral vision. We're, we're, uh, we're settling in or we're embracing um, movement and change. Interestingly, we just finished the, or we're in the middle of the section on the meal chant. Um, uh, that uh, there's a part in the meal chant and the first portion is to avoid all evil. The second is to do all good. The third is to free all beings. Thus, we eat this meal and awaken with everyone, or this translation is, may everyone realize the Buddha way. Um, and he says that actually uh, uh, that line is, kai gu jo butsudo, kai gu jo butsudo, which means together with all beings. And he says a nice thing about this practice. I'll, I'll read this. Um, uh, Kaigu means together with all beings. We should not accomplish or complete Buddha's way alone, but with all beings. With uh, another way is, is, you know, with the whole works, with wholeness. We don't complete the Buddha's way alone, but with all beings. It's not possible for one person alone to attain Buddhahood. When we recite or chant these verses during the meals, we renew our vows and reflect on our deeds, our incompleteness, and try to do better. Our practice is to see reality as prajna, the wisdom that sees the impermanence and egolessness of all things. Our practice is to see reality as prajna, the wisdom that sees the impermanence and egolessness of all beings. That's another great definition of, of emptiness and impermanence and egolessness is not so different than, um, than his earlier definition of, of, of movement and change. Impermanence and egolessness. I think, I think you talked about the egolessness of the, of the peripheral vision practice. You used that term. Um, um, maybe you maybe you didn't go as far as egolessness, but uh, but that broadening our vision is is really loosening the grip on our ego and habits and engaging um, and engaging uh, with the whole works, you know. So our grip isn't so much on um, on boy did they come in late. Uh, or our, 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 uh, our mind isn't so much on, you know, that garbage truck is pretty loud. 
um, our, our um, practices engagement, not so much with our preferences, um, but um, our willingness to be with the whole works. We don't, one person alone can't realize Buddhahood. Where else was I going to read? I was going to read something else in that same vein. Come to it. It's about this activity, um, but that's our practice, and there's a good line in here. Maybe I'll just read a little bit. The Buddha taught the interdependent origination of all things. Since no beings have self nature, we should not attach ourselves to anything. We should be free from ego attachment, transform our way of life and choose a path to peacefulness. I like that part uh, of both the happy rice field and this uh, uh, Buddha path of peacefulness. This, um, this practice of ours of, of holding the whole works, the particular and, the, and wholeness uh, is, not, uh, is not an arduous mental state that needs to be achieved time and uh, time and time again. It's actually, uh, as Dogen said, the Dharma gate of, um, of ease and bliss. It's actually this path of peacefulness, or it's actually um, entering the empty, happy rice field. Mm -hmm. uh, it actually nourishes us and, um, and, um, and uh, gives us that feeling of, of coming home. And, and I've always said that, that that's why we keep coming back to this, this practice that, um, you know, when we tell our friends what we're doing, they, uh, they wonder why we would do such a thing, maybe at such an early hour or, or at the end of the day, come here and, and curl up in this position. But, um, but after we've done it uh, a few times, we realize that, oh, this, is, this nurtures us. Um, this, is, this really is the reality of, uh, of our being, you know, holding our uniqueness along with uh, our engagement with the whole works. And, and when I come to practice this way, when I remind myself of this with our sitting, uh, it, makes, it makes me feel whole. It makes, it makes me feel nurtured. Um, 
look one more time on this page. Maybe it's right here. This wisdom that sees impermanence and egolessness of all beings. Shohaku says, in Mahayana Buddhism, this is called emptiness. We may practice Zazen initially to calm ourselves, but this is not enough. We have to engage in the activity. This is exactly where I wanted to be. We have to engage in the activity of our day-to-day -day lives. Precept study guides Precepts supply guidance for these activities outside of the meditation hall. <clears throat> Precepts, meditation, and wisdom are all that we need to teach in Buddhism. All our activities, all the parts of our lives should become our practice to accomplish the Buddha's way with all beings. Um, that, that, that I think... Um, I think that's what um, Shohaku was saying, that that's the, the wholeness, that's the whole works. Um, that's um, that's uh, holding, you know, both the particularities of our life, our day-to-day -day activities. I mean, when the bell rings here, when we finish sweeping outside and we all go home, um, uh, now we're into the particularities of our life, fixing our breakfast, getting ready for work, getting getting ready for um, an appointment to later on in the morning. Those are the particularities of, of our life, and um, and uh, and our practice encourages us to apply uh, the uh, apply the precepts to those particularities, to, um, to uh, uh, remind ourselves of uh, our, the harmony of the activities that we do all day, either with family or with coworkers or with, um, or with the people that we meet in appointments later in the day. Um, that uh, maintenance of harmony is our practice, and um, and off of the cushion, our guides are the precepts. Um, uh, you know, watching that our speech doesn't separate us. Um, watching, watching that um, that uh, that uh, we're speaking uh, truthfully. That we're uh, not not. Uh, bragging on ourselves, not separating ourselves out from others. That um, this is how we hold that balance between the particularity and the wholeness. And that it's, and that this whole works um, is the activity of our day-to-day -day lives. I'll just finish up by saying that um, uh, that poetry is another uh, gives us another field without anything to land on. Uh, it uses 
words in a poetic way rather than a directive way so that it creates a field that we can, uh, that, that is spacious for us. You know, maybe a to-do list that we might make when we go home that says, um, you know, uh, uh, fix the breakfast, take the car to the shop. Those are more directives. Um, not much freedom in those words, but poetry gives us this, um, this, this spacious field to, uh, uh, that uh, describes the reality of our life. And this, this is a poem from a, um, a woman Taoist poet, um, Li Ye, in the 700s in China. And she's speaking here about our meditation practice. My mind is a distant drifting cloud. I know it won't return. It lives with clouds in the space between existing and emptiness. Why do gusting winds scatter it about? blowing back and forth from the southern to the northern mountains. Why do gusting winds scatter it about, this mind like the clouds, blowing back and forth from the southern to the northern mountains? We can, she just creates this, this spacious field for us to think about how our mind works how it drifts like a cloud in meditation, <clears throat> how uh, other thoughts come in and move it around, gusting winds back and forth, north to the south. But it actually lives with clouds in space between existence and emptiness. Li Ye gives us a lot of space to uh, ponder how our mind is actually working. <clears throat> Maybe um, I can stop here for some discussion or, or questions on, on, uh, uh, on how we how we hold the particular alongside with wholeness how we uh, how uh, not only is our is our spacious practice on the cushion um, our realization of the Buddha way but so is our uh, life in the world uh, our practice of realizing, the Buddha way. Any any thoughts? Any any good metaphors come up? Any holes in my bicycle metaphor? <laughs> holes in my bicycle tire? Michael. Two Michael number one. Um, where's the hill on the way home from here? That's my first question. Well, I didn't want to give that away. Okay. Because uh, it, it's it, it's uh, it's only a. Uh, it's only a minor Buddhist sin okay. that that I that I 
ride my bike all the way up the, the spiral over the hill, which clearly says, please walk your bike. It's a piece to ride together. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And, and, and that's the greatest ride in town. So, uh, so uh, but, but both, both, both directions. But, so that's, that's, the, that's the hill. It's the space between existence and emptiness, right? What does that space you um, I think uh, it sort of is is um, uh, as much as we think that we are, say, focused on this very stitch. Um, we can't help but be engaged in the whole world around us either. So uh, we might think that sometimes our mind is totally in the particular and sometimes our mind is totally like, like maybe, you know, in, in our, uh, when we're in Sashin on the third day, we can totally quiet our mind and exist in wholeness, but actually all the time, our life exists with both of them, uh, sort of, and, and the way she's saying it here is between existence and emptiness, between the particular and the um, absolute. So, so, so that, that's what, what it points me, that's what that line points me towards. Mm -hmm. Could you call that space non-duality? Yeah, yeah, and and uh, just just in the same way that over these last two weeks we've had to talk about, um, um, you know, uh, what what did you call it last week? The the focused vision versus uh, uh, peripheral vision of taking in the whole. You know, we have to talk about one or the other when we're when we're talking about it, but as we have all experienced in that last period of meditation, it goes on at the same time. Um, we're just sitting and, um, and uh, the person comes next to us and we bow and, um, and uh, we have that soft gaze right in front of us. It's just one activity. And that's exactly what, uh, what non-duality is. Is it's not a special state. It's just the one activity that we're always doing. We're always just cooking the breakfast. Um, and at the same time, we're supported by the whole universe and we're supporting the whole universe. Thank you. Stan. And we're always, and, and we're always just breathing. Yes. Yes. And 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 we can pay close attention to our breath. Yeah. And yeah. at the same time that we're paying close attention, we're breathing mm -hmm. the same breath that uh, that mm -hmm. uh, Dogen bre breathed mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah, centuries ago. Yeah. <laughs> 
We're also breathing in the whole works. Any any hands up? Shakti has a quick comment. Oh, there. Yes, yes. Shakti. Yeah. So um, I've been thinking about these concepts a lot um, over the last few weeks as I prepare a presentation. And um, so I have a couple comments. Well, one is that the, for me, the zazen is um, kind of like a way to practice that being in the world. So um, it's like it's it's a way for me to kind of hone my skills of of being present. And um, so I think that's really important. But the um, other comment I wanted to make was that um, in um, I've been kind of weaving together these ideas and how um, they are the idea of emptiness and non-self and and the interconnectedness um, and interdependence of all beings, all creatures, all entities, really, sentient and non-sentient, is um, it's really a critical time that, that we wake up to this, um, to this and being deluded in thinking there is a separation. Um, and that this transformation um, needs really it's the time is is very critical that we start to wake up to this at this time and um in our in our as our world is facing some really um it's it's kind of crying out to us mm -hmm. you know the world is the the earth is telling us loud and clear that we we need to start paying attention to her. That this is not, and we can't pretend that that there's a separation. That yes. she is part of us, and we're part of her. There's no separation. Yes, yes. Um, it, it reminds me of uh, of that environmentalist uh, Bill McKibben, I think is his name, where someone asked him. Uh, you know, how can I as an individual uh, uh, um, work, work to, to uh, stop global warming? And, and he answered, uh, don't act as an individual, that we, we all have to, to uh, do this together, as you've pointed out. And that's, that, that, that line from Bill McKibben is not so different than... Um, Shohaku Okamura's line that we don't realize Buddhahood by ourselves. Um, uh, it's it is always within relationship. It's it, it it's as you pointed out the realization of our profound intimacy and interconnectedness. So um, so thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you.
May our sitting practice reveal to us the peace and, and blissful path of our intimacy and wholeness. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. Dharma gates are boundless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's ways are I vow to become it. Beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to shred them. Dharma caves are helpless. I vow to enter them. Buddha's ways are inexhaustible. I vow to